0: Thanks Warwick. Um, I think the first thing I have to say before I even start is I have just missed you guys so much. Um, it's just wonderful like and I know we're not face-to-face so it's different but it's just wonderful to be part of this community as I, I cycle around in the youth ministry role to kind of the morning congregations and see some of the families and things that are there. Um, this congregation just has community like real community where we I don't know, you know each other and you're connected in such a real way. Anyway, I've missed it so much, so I'm so glad to be here this morning. Um, So I guess one of the things I've been asked over the last few years a lot is um, why do I believe there's a link between the reflective congregation and youth ministry at Mosaic? Um, People ask me this, I think, because they think it's odd that a community of older people... Uh, have a heart to support the young people not just at Mosaic but in the community more broadly why should a bunch of octogenarians I know some of you call yourselves that (laughs) um, uh, care about what our young people are up to I guess and to be honest with you I actually don't think it's odd I don't think it's uh, it's a weird question to um, I think it's a weird question to ask because I think it's natural for an older community to be connected to our young people. I actually think it's even biblical. Um, So let me explain it to you this way. One of the men that's been the most influential in my life or my Christian life um, is my maternal grandfather. So he was my mum's dad. His name was Albert. He's since passed away. But can I tell you, as a kid, I remember him being so much fun. But he used to do crazy things with his grandkids, like um, make – out of big sunshine milk pans, which I know some of you will know what sunshine milk is. (laughs) Um, He'd do things like he'd bang on the corrugated wall at at my grandparents' house to scare my grandmother or like as a joke, he'd run around the cattle yard on his, um, on on the chook yard on his bike or take us to chop wood, that type of thing. But one of the things I remember about my granddad the most was the fact he used to talk to us, his grandkids, and his great-grandkids about how important it was to read the Bible. And he'd tell us about how he read the Bible every day. He'd talk to us about how he prayed and how he prayed for us by name. He'd take us to church. We'd sit on the old uncomfortable wooden pews, which we still all talk about, all the cousins. Um, and he was a deacon and an elder at that uh, little country church. He was someone who was a godly influence to his kids, his grandkids and his great-grandkids, and he was a godly influence in his community. Now, I know our world's changed in the 40 years since I was a kid. Um, a vast majority of our kids today, they won't have that relationship with extended family in the same way. They don't spend the time building those relationships or having experiences like that. And sadly, most of the kids that I deal with in our youth ministry – They won't have a grandparent or a great-grandparent that takes them to church or who teaches them about reading the Bible or who prays for them by name. And I know I've said this to most of you before, so it won't be too surprising for you, but I think the young people that I spend time with today are probably the most relationally disconnected of all generations that have gone before them. And there's lots of reasons for that. but they are desperate for connection, even if they always don't know how to go about getting that. I was talking to someone at school the other day and they asked me about, you know, what I see in kids and whatever. And this guy who is a professional in the education field, he said, young people who don't believe they are part of a tribe will create their own tribe because they long to be connected. Yeah. And so that's why it's so important for us to connect into our young people because we can help them to be part of a tribe, the real tribe, the church tribe. So what does this have to do with you, the effective congregation, this bunch of octogenarians, yeah? Um, one of the images that's most commonly used in the Bible when it comes to Jesus describing his church is that of a family. You see, the family unit has changed a lot in the world in the last few decades. But I believe the family unit that God calls his church to be has not changed. He calls us to be connected. He calls the older people in the community to teach the younger people. He calls us to pray for them, to read the Bible with them, to invest in them in terms of relationships with them. And Paul instructs Titus to do this in the passage I want to read out. So it's Titus 2 verses 1 to 7. It says this. And I'm reading from the um, NLT. As for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Teach the older men men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Similarly, teach the older women to live in ways that honour God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. In the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely, and you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. Um, Now, I'm not going to talk about gender roles. That's not what this Bible reading for me today is about. Um, I'm not going to talk about husbands and wives and who should do what. But what I'm going to say out of this reading is it says, teach our older men to live lives that um, are an example to our younger men. Teach our older women to invest in the younger women and teach them how to live lives. Yeah, and I think that's what this reflective congregation can do. So what does our youth ministry look like? I know most of you will probably know this already, but I thought I'd give you a very quick rundown. So at the moment, we have a Tuesday night youth ministry. It's called Merge, and it's for college-age kids. It's 16-plus. Some of them are out of college, but they still come along. Um, That happens every Tuesday night. And running alongside of this, the leaders from that program run four small groups a week, two on a Monday night and two on a Thursday night. And the focus of the, of the small groups is to read the Bible together to understand it and apply it. Now, two of the small groups we run, one on Monday, one on Thursday, are specifically designed for young people who do not come from a Christian background. Um, most of the young people who come to that Tuesday night program, maybe three-quarters of them, do not come from Christian backgrounds. Um, they have very little idea about what it means to be a Christian and have literally no connection to church. So those Bible studies are for those two ones that are for um, designed for kids who don't come from Christian backgrounds. They're specifically designed around the idea that these guys won't have they will have very little understanding of the Bible. Even things we take for granted, um, they won't know the the Adam and Eve story. They won't know any of the Old Testament stories. Um, for a lot of them, they don't even understand what we celebrate at Christmas or Easter. Yeah. The other two groups that run over Monday and Thursday. Um are deeper type groups. So they're for kids who have want to go to the next level in terms of their discipleship. And so uh, a lot of those kids actually already come from Christian families. And we don't say you have to go to this group because you've come from a Christian family or you have to go to this group because you don't. We let them have freedom in that. But we've designed it that way so that one group can go a little bit deeper. So that's our senior youth. Our junior youth, and this is high school age kids, We have the Friday night ministry called EPIC, Um, and at the moment that looks like because of COVID and because our auditorium is a um, swimming pool, um, we do three small groups. So one small group meets here at my house, one small group meets at Micah Chubb's house, and one uh, small group actually meets in your community centre, the same place where you guys will meet when you meet back together. Each group has about 10 or 15 kids in it and about three leaders. And we study the Bible together, we eat together, we pray together and we do that every Friday night and we try to have some fun with the kids as well. So across our leadership team, we have about 15 youth leaders. They range in age from 16 to about 30-ish and some of them have been leading young people for 10 years or more. Um, And some of them have been doing this for less than six months. You know, they're brand new and learning what they do. As a youth leader, they commit to building relationships with the young people. That's the most important thing. Um, They get to know them. They try to love them like Jesus does. And they try to share their own lives and their own experiences with the young people. So a couple of weeks ago, or maybe about a month ago now, the board um, agreed to extend my contract as youth pastor until the end of next year, so 2021, so Happy about that. (laughs) Um, So I sat with my youth leadership team and I said, "We've got now till the end of 2021. What do we want to do next year? What What do we want to focus on?" And these are the four things that are important to us at the moment. And there's a lot of other things, but I thought I'd share these four. The first thing we want to try and focus on in 2021 is we want to get more involved in local schools in Bellconnen. So our thinking is as a leadership team. If we want to reach more young people with the gospel message, we should go where the young people are. Yeah. And that's schools. Now, this is going to be challenging in some ways because we have a government that is not very nice to Christians when it comes to schools. But we believe we can actually uh, make some inroads there. So one of the things we're considering is working with organisations who are already in schools. So Young Life is a youth organisation that does a breakfast at Belcon and Hive a Tuesday, a Wednesday and a Belcon and a breakfast at Melbourne Copeland School on a Tuesday, I think. <laughs> We're hoping next year to partner with them and be able to go into those schools with them and be able to spend time with uh, kids in those schools. We're hoping if the, if my contract is extended at Hawker, fingers crossed, that we'll be able to do some work there as well in terms of coming in and volunteering and getting to know kids there. Even if it's just for social connections, we've found that if we can get to know them in those environments, they are more likely to connect with us outside of those environments. That's the first thing we're going to focus on. Uh, the next thing that's really important to us as a leadership team is giving our young people the opportunity to serve. So in the past, we've done occasional service projects as you, uh, as a youth ministry. So we've done things like built garden beds at local preschools. And we've done working bees in people's backyards and we've helped to build play equipment at the church and all those types of things. We want to do these types of things more regularly. Uh, we want our young people to be involved in doing this work. We also want them to organise and plan some of these activities when they can. And we want them to be reaching out to their local communities. We believe as a team it's good for our young people to serve together because we believe that's what God intended for them to do. That's what Jesus taught us to do. The next way we want to think about serving, and this is a big one that needs a lot of prayer. Um, We are planning to work next year and into the future with our kids ministry at Mosaic to work with Baptist World Aid. Um, And we want to partner with them in an overseas area. Now, prior to COVID, we talked about doing that in Cambodia uh, because they've just started a project there. And we talked with Baptist World Aid about doing regular overseas short-term mission trips for our young people. So we're thinking every couple of years. We did one of these in 2018 to Indonesia, um, and every young person that came with us now, expiring one, is involved in leadership within our youth ministry team. Um, so we can see the effects of, be- of taking these young people on these types of trips. So as I said prior to COVID, we'd had these conversations with BWA. We don't know what is going to happen post-COVID because we don't know what this will look like at all. So that's something we could really um, do with people committing to pray about. It's definitely something we're going to do. It just We just don't know what it will look like. Um, Another thing that I personally really have a heart for, and this is the last thing I'll share on our little visioning thing, is how we incorporate youth ministry into Mosaic Baptist Church more broadly. So I love that we have a 5pm congregation that is filled with our youth leaders and young people. Um, probably about two thirds of that congregation are young people from our youth ministries and our youth leaders. Um, but at the same time, I want our young people to be part of Mosaic at every congregation. I want our youth leaders to be mentored by people who come from across our different congregations or six of them. I want there to be a culture of supporting our young people and excitement about what our young people bring to church, not just for the future, but for what they're bringing to our community here today. Um, I would love for us to have a space designed for our young people or by our young people. So, in all our different facilities, in all our different rooms across our three sites at Page and Everett and Mitchell, we do currently do not have a space that is for ministry. And so that's something that i am pushing (laughs) um, for people to think about is how we can have some um, a resource like that so how can we work together in the future how can reflective and and, um youth ministry work work together um one of the things i'm really passionate about is uh taking what we hear hear here on sunday and actually applying it into our lives so uh, I, a big word for me is transformation. I think we should be changing and growing in line with what God is doing. yeah. And that comes when we actually live out the things that we hear here. So our young people would say to you right now, this is Mandy's section on application. <laughs> um, I've seen this community go out of its way to support our young people. And I, I think it's amazing. So over the last few years, when I was a chaplain and even this year, I've seen You know, prayers prayed and answered. I've seen meals cooked. I've seen money given. I've seen time invested. I've seen so many things happen. And I praise God for those things, not just what's happened in the past, but what I believe will be happening in the future as well. Um, I think there are really clear ways that this community could support our dreams and visions for young people. And I know it's not possible for some of you to come and run great games and be involved in our Tuesday or Friday night ministry or to come on youth camp and sleep in a tent. Yeah. <laughs> I know some of that's not possible, but there is opportunities for you guys to be involved in amazing ways. So, you know, could you be a one-on-one mentor for a youth leader? Um, that would look like meeting up every month or two with them to pray for them to help them hear from God, to help them live their lives and grow as Christians as they lead our teenagers? Can you see that intergenerational vision there? Um, could you be someone who, you know, put together a Christmas gift for one of our leaders with an encouragement card that says, thank you for everything they've invested in in, the, in 2020? Maybe you're more of a practical person. So um, this year at our two different youth ministries, we're running um formal celebrations so I don't know if you guys know this but a lot of schools this year won't be able to have formals for the kids who finish year 10 and year 12 because of COVID and they won't have graduation ceremonies so we're going to do a formal in our youth ministry for both of our different youth ministries Um, could you be involved in that could you help cook part of the meal could you help decorate could you help put together the space whatever it looks like Um, Or maybe you're more, even more of a hands-on person. You know, could you help design or build us a space for youth ministry? Could you help paint a wall or build a piece of furniture? I don't know. Um, Are you someone who has connections with someone who could do with a service project? Do you know someone that has an out-of-control garden that needs a bunch of young people to come in and cut stuff down or mow a lawn? These are things we'd love to see us working with you guys doing. Maybe you're hearing all this and you're thinking, I have an even better idea, Mandy. You haven't thought of this. Come and talk to me. Like I would absolutely love to have those conversations with people. One of the things that has been so inspiring to me over the last few years out of this community is that this community has gone out of its way to find ways to support myself and the young people um, that I've been connected to over the past few years. Um, I hear people say, oh, I can't do this, but then they'll say, I can do this. So, recently, we had a youth camp. It was on the 25th of September, and after the event, I was putting in all our receipts to Lolita. She's our accounts person, and I was trying to figure out the numbers. So, I wanted to figure out how much money we'd spent and how much money we'd collected and try and balance the books, basically. And so when Lolita printed out for me the, the expenses and where we're up to, I said to her, Lolita, there's too much money here. I think you've processed something wrong. <laughs> Always a nice problem to have. To have. And she informed me that the number, there was more money in there than I thought because a member of the reflective congregation had made a donation to the youth camp to cover some of the expenses from the weekend. Now, I didn't ask for that donation. I didn't even know that the money was there, to be honest. Um, But that person went out of their way to support the work that God was doing in our young people because they could. And can you see that's just one example of the way people have been, have committed and invested. Yeah. So I guess um, I want to say thank you to this community for being those people and offer encouragement that it it actually does make a massive difference to our young people. And it is God. It is what God calls us to be. So I'm going to end my little section today with praying this prayer that I found. Um, It comes from the Catholic church's year of the celebration of youth in 2018, one of their diocese. I hope that it being Catholic is not a problem, but it's a good prayer. (laughs) It says this, it says this, we offer to you loving God the gifts and needs of our youth. Bless them with your guiding grace as they face the challenges and opportunities in their lives. Touch their hearts with the gentleness of your love, that they may know they are valued and valuable beings. Send your spirit of hope to their lives, that they may believe in themselves and know they are needed in this world. Grace them with the gift of joy, that they may celebrate life through laughter and tears alike. I love this bit. It says, guide us as we continue to grow in appreciation of the many gifts of our young people in the ministry of opportunities we offer to them and in the journey of faith that we walk with them in our shared mission as a community called to discipleship in this world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.